Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Aaron Martin, Chief Digital Officer at Providence and Managing General Partner with Providence Ventures. In part one, Martin talks about why it's advantageous having digital and marketing under the same umbrella, the rigorous process Providence goes through to prioritize digital opportunities, and how the model they've created enables the organization to punch above its weight in innovation. The best place to start is by looking at your role at Providence, Chief Digital Officer. And I really want to focus on how you're able to to marry those two roles. But can you give an overview of really what your core objectives are right now in the Chief Digital Officer role? So there's three parts to what I do, actually. Um, I run Providence Ventures, as you had mentioned. I'm the Chief Digital Officer. So the way to think about that is... Anything that's consumer or patient facing from a digital perspective, my team owns and kind of guides the development of those platforms. So think websites, you know, consumer or patient facing apps, et cetera, right? So the consumer or patient facing experience digitally. Um, Whereas, you know, BJ is infrastructure, EMR, data, and security, right? So that's kind of how two roles kind of net out. Um, And then anything that's caregiver facing kind of rolls up to him. That's how the kind of technical roles split out. And then the third part of what I do is marketing. So marketing also reports into me. You know, with the exception of ventures, the combination of marketing and digital is pretty standard outside of healthcare, where entities that are trying to kind of move their relationships from largely offline to online, that's the role of the chief digital officer. And the reason why marketing and digital are kind of pulled together is, is it's such a close and related set of issues yeah. that it really, really makes sense for organizations to kind of report into the same one. And then, you know, if you look outside of the industry, it just depends on, honestly, the amount of spend and the nature of the industry. So like, if you look at big consumer products companies, typically the chief digital officer reports into the chief marketing officer. Yeah. Where it's more technical and e-commerce based, where there's a lot of transactions and digital engagement that might happen, it typically is the reverse. So the chief marketing officer reports to me in this case. Right. And so that's the context. To answer your question, my role is to move our largely offline analog relationships with consumers and patients to, you know, digital and transition them, and then also make the entire experience much more seamless and easier to navigate across a very complex health system. You know, we have 120,000 caregivers. We pretty much, in in a lot of markets, do most of what you can do in healthcare. We're very horizontally integrated. And so if you're a patient navigating, you know, with a complex disease, for instance, who may be seeing multiple services and multiple specialties, the navigation and engagement is is very complicated. And so we're trying to simplify that using digital. Yeah. It is interesting just for what you mentioned in terms of marketing, because it's not necessarily typical in healthcare, but then again, even the role of the chief digital officer it is something that's fairly new in mm-hmm. health systems. So it's really interesting to see how that's evolving. Yeah. That said, I, I'm happy to not feel so alone anymore. Most of the major health systems are hiring chief digital officers because they recognize the need. So it's getting to be a, a bigger club, thankfully. Right. <laughs> and then um, as far as Providence Ventures, can you talk about like some of the things that you're working on there? Sure. So again, going back to the kind of three parts of what I do and then how they all kind of connect, 
Providence Ventures is a $300 million venture fund. We have 22 active portfolio companies. We've been very, very successful so far, thankfully. A big part of it is, is the, the model, which I'll talk to you about in a second, that we've kind of adopted. Our innovation model um, is, is driven a lot of that success. But to give you an idea, I think four and then soon to be five of the 22 portfolio companies are now have unicorn status. So they've got valuations exceeding a billion dollars. And how all this kind of nets together is you've got the venture fund, you've got the digital team, which, you know, a lot of what they do is maintain and build, you know, websites or apps, et cetera. But we also have a pretty important incubation process there. So we very unusual as a health system, mainly because of where we're based. We're based out of Seattle, 120 software engineers and product folks, mainly from places like, you know, where I'm from, Amazon and Microsoft and places like that. And what they do is they build new technologies and create new companies. And we spin them out as we identify these new opportunities. And so basically it all starts off with our digital strategy team. So we have a team of Think of it as like a captive kind of McKinsey team who works with our clinical and operations folks to identify what we call needle moving opportunities in healthcare that might be helped by digital. And we work with these folks to stack rank those in prioritized order in terms of the clinical impact, the, the economic impact on our health system, et cetera, et cetera. For the first time ever this last year, because of all just the, the disruption that COVID caused, we published a version of this that we do every year um, publicly. And so we published 14 white papers that kind of identified where we suspect COVID is going to take us in terms of digital opportunities. And, and this is after interviewing about a hundred, you know, executives from across the industry, as well as about, you know, including 75 from our own health system. This is fairly typical. We do this every single year, but the first time we published it. So that gives you an idea of kind of the level of rigor that we go through just to kind of identify what the list is of things we could go do. And then what we do is we just take it through a pretty rigorous process. And this will tell you how all these different parts of the organization kind of work together. So step one is if we already have a solution to the problem in our existing portfolio, tech portfolio, we'll just, of course, use that. And so we work with BJ's team, you know, to identify, you know, we've got this problem. Is there something that we already own that can solve this problem? You know, we're Epic's second largest customer. We have a big strategic relationship with Microsoft. So that's kind of how that works. If we don't have it already, then we'll go find it. And that's where Providence Ventures comes in. And what happens is Providence Ventures goes out into the market and finds what we call best of breed. 20 of those 22 companies represent companies that after a ton of evaluation, sometimes we'll do dual pilot them internally. Those are companies that just have absolutely kind of crushed a specific problem, right? So if we don't have it and we can't find it in the market, then we'll build it. And if we build it, we build it for the purposes of commercialization. And so we've spun out two companies so far. The first one is uh, Zelf, a company that allows you to prescribe anything that is not a pharmaceutical as if it were a pharmaceutical directly from the EMR. So think in the same way that physician could prescribe torvastatin and you could go pick it up at your local drugstore, they can similarly prescribe a digital app, content, products, or services directly from their EMR. And the patient just picks it up from our Providence app 
They can download it. They can watch a video. They can, you know, order something off of Amazon, et cetera, et cetera, whatever has been recommended by the physician. So it's kind of sure scripts for everything else. So that's the first thing we spun out. Um, they raised $22 million. They most recently got an investment from Cerner and they have 10 other health systems as customers. The second spin out was Wildflower Health. So that was kind of a hybrid. We built a product internally and we actually sold it to Wildflower which was doing something similar in the payer and provider. And it's a women's health platform that helps women navigate pregnancy. You know, that company, we're their biggest health system customer, their biggest payer customer is United Health, and their biggest employer customer is Apple. Just to give you an idea, they are doing really, really well. Then the third one that we're about to spin out is a company called uh, DexCare. And what that does is it's, it's kind of an e-commerce platform uh, for healthcare. And what it does is it aggregates consumer demand for say, you know, I have an intent to, I'm searching for UTI or something like that. Right. And I'm, I need to see, you know, help. Then it navigates them to the right venue of care. And then it does load balancing on the back end to make sure that once we send them to, you know, the right place for care, that there's actually somebody there to see them. Right. Because that we've got actual uh, capacity. So this is the three spin outs we've done. And then the final thing I'll say on our our process is the reason why we go to all this trouble is it allows us to kind of punch way above our weight in innovation. So, you know, I've got 120, 25 software engineers and product folks, but I don't have 10,000. And I also can't port um, the same roadmap of innovation indefinitely. You know, at some point priorities will switch and I'll have to change it. This allows us to do by sending these up as separate companies is get Um, a ton of funding behind them and and really make sure that that roadmap of innovation is going to be executed upon. So to give you an example, Zelf had four people working on the problem when they were internal. Now they've got 46 or something like that. And so it gives us kind of this huge leverage. And then we also obviously own a piece of the company once, once they've spun out. And so we benefit from that as well. So that's the innovation model that we Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.